Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. All right, here's a interesting statistic. I uh, know it has nothing to do with the eclipse today, but it does have to do with cross-border capital flows. They have plunged 65% since their peak back in 07. What is the impact on financial globalization? We'll talk about that right here on Bloomberg Radio. Back, though, to your top business stories and today's trading session. Once again, Charlie Pellet. All right. I thank you very much, Carol Nasser. We have got the Dow and S&P. They are both moving higher right now. NASDAQ is declining. Stocks have been fluctuating after erasing early losses. The dollar edging lower amid growing unease about persistent low inflation. Investors are also awaiting central bank speeches at Jackson Hole. Investors keeping an eye on the president's policy agenda as they monitor developments in Washington. Now, Chris Harvey is head of equity strategy at Wells Fargo Securities. He says Washington will act on tax reform. At the end of the day, it's hard for people to say, no, I don't want taxes. Everyone loves a tax cut. So it's, it behooves both sides, the Republicans and the Democrats, to get something done. In addition to that, the White House does need a win. So we're just watching the commentary come from the White House. We're watching the commentary that comes from, from politicians. And, and I do think something will occur. And now the numbers at the close of floor trading on the NYMEX, brought to you by USCF. Invest in what's real. Visit uscfinvestments.com. That's uscfinvestments.com. West Texas Intermediate Crew. Oil down 2.4 percent right now, down a dollar 16 a barrel to 47 dollars and 35 cents. U.S. utility owner Semper Energy has agreed to buy control of Texas power distributor Encore Electric Delivery for about nine and a half billion dollars, topping a bid by Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway just last month. And Total has agreed to buy the oil and gas unit of AP Muller Maersk, the French company's biggest acquisition since 1999, and another sign of the accelerating pace of energy deals after a long downturn. Gold up 590 the ounce, up five tenths of one percent. The tenure up 430 seconds yield there 2.18 percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Got it, Charlie. Thank you so much. And you are listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Monday. Carol Masser in our Bloomberg 1130 studio, and this is Bloomberg Radio. They definitely look at what's going on around the globe. McKinsey Global Institute out with a new report. They are looking at cross-border lending and financial globalization. Let's bring in Susan Lund. Uh, she is partner at McKinsey Global Institute, joining us on the phone from Washington, D.C. Susan, nice to have you here once again. Uh, tell us a little bit about this latest report. I believe it's entitled The New Dynamics of Financial Globalization. What specifically did you look at? Yeah, thank you for having me. So we've looked at what's happened 10 years since the global financial crisis began. And what you see is this really dramatic decline in cross-border capital flows by 65%. And what we found is that about half of that is driven by what's happening in banking and a reduction in foreign lending. But despite all that, we conclude that financial globalization still continues and is resilient. And the good news is that we may be entering an era that's more stable and has um, uh, more inclusive types of financial globalization. What's financial globalization? What exactly do you mean? So we're looking at the cross-border investments of companies through foreign direct investment, of investors when they buy foreign equities or bonds, and in cross-border lending mm-hmm. by banks and other lenders. 
All right. So important to see that there's moving capital flows between countries, correct? Yeah, this is what ties countries together in financial terms. How about the new administration and the impact on capital flows, cross-border lending, cross-border flows? Well, it's interesting. So the trend really predates what we see now uh, mm-hmm. with the current administration. So after the 2008 crisis, you saw this huge drop in, in investment and banking and so forth, and that has declined. And looking back, it's clear that uh, building up to 2007, there was a peak in cross-border lending and other types of money flowing and whizzing around the world, but it was really delinked from economic growth in the real economy, and that has largely disappeared. Where are you seeing the most expansion in terms of money either coming out of countries or going into certain countries? Well, the Eurozone in particular is really at the heart of the retreat of financial globalization. So Eurozone banks have withdrawn more than $7 trillion of foreign assets, and those banks are now focusing much more on lending in their domestic economies, Germany, France, Spain, etc. And you see the same trend with U.K. banks and Swiss banks as well, and with some of the very largest U.S. banks. But really, Europe is the epicenter of this unraveling of global banking. You know, we talk so much about um, the pushback against global uh, globalization, if you will, and a lot more countries, a lot more political leaders focusing on their own domestic home fronts. How much of that is impacting kind of what we're seeing in terms of capital flows? Well, I think that banking was sort of you know, at the forefront of all of this. Mm -hmm. So part of what's caused banks to stop doing so much um, lending abroad and focusing more on their core markets was, in fact, new regulations put in place, for instance, Basel III, but also just national regulations put in place in different countries. Um, And what we're seeing now today with this broader backlash against globalization of all kinds, it'll be interesting to see if uh, the trends that we're seeing in banking and finance are replicated in other industries. What about stability going forward? Do you anticipate it's going to be a more uh, stable global financial landscape? We do. So the good news is that a lot of the excessive liquidity and short-term lending that's highly volatile has now disappeared. So what remains is long-term investments by companies in other countries, foreign direct investment, and that's a much more stable type of capital flow. So the emerging markets that worry about these highly volatile capital flows that make their exchange rates go wild, uh, we'll have less to worry about. And overall, hopefully, we'll see a more stable and steady type of financial globalization. You say one risk as a result of this study, uh, capital flows, particularly foreign lending, remain volatile. Over 60% of countries experience a large decline, surge, recovery, or reversal in foreign lending each year, creating volatility in exchange rates in economies. It's kind of the world we live in. But uh, that can certainly, uh, Susan, create problems. That can definitely create problems. And 
you know, nobody can look at financial markets and ever say we're fine, right? There are risks of contagion, equity market valuations, and some countries are at all-time highs. And as you point out, the cross-border lending that remains is still highly volatile. And for emerging economies, it can be difficult to manage. So there are challenges ahead. But maybe 10 years on after the global financial crisis, we can also pat ourselves on the back a bit and say a lot has been fixed and lessons have been learned. Until people forget about the crisis and the new crisis comes, which seems to be part of the cycle. Susan, some uh, interesting insight. Thank you. Susan Lund, partner at McKinsey Global Institute, joining us on the phone from Washington, D.C. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. We'll get a check on today's top stories for you in just a moment. A look at the trading day as well. What's on the move in today's session? You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Once again, though, a check on your latest world of national news headlines. Once again, Nancy Lyons in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Nancy. Thanks, Carol. President Trump will be addressing the nation tonight. You'll be able to listen here on Bloomberg Radio. He's expected to discuss the war in Afghanistan, the nation's longest conflict ever. Eurasia Group's U.S. Practice Director John Lieber spoke to Bloomberg earlier. What he needs to do tonight, uh, he's going to make a speech allegedly about Afghanistan. We don't know if he'll touch on other issues. Presumably not. And then after that, he needs to pivot quite quickly to keep the focus on first increasing the debt limit, then keeping the government funded, and then finally try to rally Republicans around a deficit finance tax cut, which is going to be the kind of cornerstone piece of this president's legislative agenda in this Congress. The president's nationally broadcast speech is scheduled for 9 o'clock Wall Street time. Catalan police are confirming they've killed Yunus Abu Yakub. He is the 22-year-old Moroccan-born man that authorities believe drove the van that plowed through a crowd in Barcelona last week, killing 13. That makes all members of that extremist cell accounted for. Ten U.S. sailors are missing after the Navy destroyer USS McCain collided with a massive oil tanker near Singapore. It's the second collision in two months involving a U.S. ship. Secretary of Defense James Mattis says Chief of Naval Operations Admiral John Richardson will be overseeing a full investigation. He's going to look at uh, all factors, not just the immediate ones, which will fall rightly under the fleet commander's uh, investigation of what happened to his ship. But this is a broader look at what is, uh, what is happening. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nancy Lyons.